This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, are you okay with Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters drowning out the chants of the Westboro Baptist Church with disco and messages of love? It was awesome. What about a million dollar mansion with no bathrooms? Or how about a Bigfoot birthday party? Also coming up, did you watch the Olympics? Well, we most certainly did. We celebrated the biggest moments for Canada in Tokyo 2020 with our no budget, <laughs> no budget Olympics. Uh, it's pretty good. Plus, Ryan highlights the amazing things out of Florida, a robot that cleans beaches. On in case you missed it, and Lego. Ryan does an amazing version of sound effects from Star Wars, by the way. Didn't know that. Found that out. It's all coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. Are you okay? Mm-mm-mm. Are you okay with disco? Who doesn't love disco? Yeah. I, I find it interesting that there was a point in time where people wanted to actually burn disco records like i get it it was everywhere but bad pop music is everywhere and i don't want to go to a baseball stadium and burn them Disco's awesome and it's aged so well too like so so much i i it's impossible to not just like hear a disco song and for a split second want to dance and that's that's magical i love disco music there uh that was also the era though when all of the metal was the devil's music and if you played it backwards there was messages from satan right like that was i mean that was yeah. a very difficult time of burning music <laughs> it was like this is terrible don't play it backwards you could die um but hey <laughs> that's what happens i guess in the world things take off that probably should not take off okay um it's no secret that we love disco that's why we have handy andy on the show tomorrow night by the way he'll be back we like to call him disco andy Foo Fighters also love disco, especially the Bee Gees. They love the Bee Gees so much that the Foo Fighters, the band Dave Grohl, they dropped a cover of the Bee Gees, a whole album, also like an EP, a couple of songs, and they're touring to promote their groovy riffs. And just so you know, here's a little taste of what they, not the Bee Gees, but the Dave Grohl's, the Dave Grohl's, DGs on their album, Hail Satin. Uh, amazing songs of that all for it it's amazing uh and i absolutely recommend you check it out uh if you uh, love the foo fighters and if you love disco and the bgs so we can all agree that we can all agree that would be such a fun show such a did you actually write such a yeah i did too <laughs> i like can't such tell a. if that's a typo or if that's just kind of how i say it in my brain and that's how the word comes out that, uh, that for those be. of you who can't see what we're looking at i did not put a space between such and a the letter a we can all such agree a fun show that that would be such a such a fun such a such a that's a typo yeah. Such a fun show to go to. The vibes would be off the charts. So, of course, somebody had to go rain on the parade of the DGs. Members of the Westboro Baptist Church picketed outside the concert. If you weren't familiar with the Westboro Baptist Church, here's a little refresher on the hateful group from ABC News. 
The congregation of this tiny church in Kansas believes they might be the only people saved when Judgment Day comes, and it's coming very, very soon. They say gay marriage is the harbinger of the imminent downfall of the rest of us. That's the man they call Gramps, their pastor, Fred Phelps, who critics say has been preaching hate since 1955. At least he's committed. We gotta give him credit for that. No, actually, they're all no. They do it every day. Like they just have these horrible signs, and they just want to stir stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is kind of fun to watch people troll them, you know. Well, isn't that the case? I mean, you said you know being or saying they're being they're committed, kind of a double entendre a little bit. So if they go trolling at the concerts, um, like for example. 2011, 2015, they showed up at all those. Both times that Foo Fighters responded by trolling them back. And now the Foo Fighters have gone after the trolls. So what the Foo Fighters did, they rented a pickup truck, like a big 5-ton flatbed truck. And they, the Foo Fighters, the band, and some friends, it looks like, all assumed their DG's disco alter egos got dressed up and played cover of the Bee Gees, You Should Be Dancing, to drown out Westboro's homophobic chants at their rally i guess or protest prior to the performance dave grohl addressed the pro, uh, protesters and encouraged them to stop hating and instead start dancing accor- according to consequence of sound here is the clip i got something to say because you know what i love you i do the way i look at it is i love everybody what you're supposed to do? Can't you just love everybody? Because I think it's about love. That's what I think. I think we're all about love. And you shouldn't be hating. You know what you should be doing? You should be dancing. One, two, you know what to do. Go on. Um, so imagine, <laughs> oh, you have to imagine the it. magnitude of this though. So, I mean, this is the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl can be spending his days doing whatever he wants. I'm sure he's earned enough money that he can retire and he can spend his days on the beach. He can do whatever he wants to do, but he instead rented a truck, got his band together and drove in front of this, these protesters and played the music and told them they should be dancing and loving, not hating on people. How Twice. amazing is that? Twice. He did a loop. He did an. He there's another clip where he drives around and he goes. I saw somebody wanted an encore, and then they sing the exact same <laughs> song. <laughs> and, Do you know how much that costs? Like I yeah, can't even imagine if you said I want band. the Foo Fighters to show up for a whole band and play one song at my event. Yeah, the oh my, like fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. I guess so that. much money. And he probably just was like, okay, I'll give this truck, you know, $2,000. Let's put the band on the back of it and drive around. This is why I, I am myself am not a huge Foo Fighters fan. I like some of their music, but I think Dave Grohl is everything the music industry should strive to be. I absolutely mm. love everything he does. And this is like the, this is the kind of thing I needed to see coming back from vacation to remind me that the world 
still has some gems in it. You know, that is just beautiful. Well, Dave Grohl is a guy who broke his leg and finished the tour sitting in a chair um, just because he didn't want yeah. to let his fans down. So pretty dynamite exactly. stuff in the, in the world of uh, all of the, I don't know, drama and high maintenance artists that get a hangnail and can't do a show. He's a good example of, um, of giving back to the audience. Pretty cool stuff. All right, it's time for us to continue. This is, are you okay? Are you okay with home renos? Ooh, Ryan, after your Poonami there, you had a little while ago. Maybe some home renos for you. I wouldn't, you know what? I wouldn't mind renovating my apartment, knocking down a wall and getting rid of my washer and dryer so that I don't have to sleep in a bunk bed. That that I would do. But I think, mm-hmm. uh, I have only been around home renos because I am not a homeowner, but I love home reno TV shows. Mm. Uh, I think they're really fun. And uh, there's a new one on Netflix that I will absolutely be checking out. Uh, I like the um, uh, Ty Pennington when they trading spaces was a thing years ago when that first started. It got really dumb after a while, but that was good. I like that one. And um, I don't know. There's so many good ones on TV. I like the one where they got the new one down in the in the Caribbean. Okay, uh, a mansion has been listed in da- in Dallas for a hefty sum of a million dollars. But it's going to need a little bit of work. It's kind of like when you buy a car, they're like, you might need to buff it out. It's in a nice neighborhood, million-dollar house, filled with amenities. It has a great view. The one thing you can't renovate, Ryan, is location, location, location. You can't renovate Mm -hmm. location. Mm -hmm. One problem is the million-dollar home doesn't have a kitchen or bedrooms or anything, actually. It does have its own generators, though. This is from CBS 11. Everybody likes a challenge. Lolly says the builder had a zoning exception for public utility use. So it was built to be an electrical switching center before later being leased for medical office data storage. Is this a home or is this a business? Uh, but you know, it really depends on how you, what you need it for. If you needed a safe house, the entire thing is made of concrete. So it's, you have a very firm sound structure or you just keep it as you know wine storage, art storage wherever your imagination could take you. There is one half bath, but the exterior windows are only covering brick walls. The house has two separate electrical grids and three generators that use a variation of diesel and natural gas. You know, if you're getting ready for the zombie apocalypse, this could be this could be where you'd want to be. <laughs> it's it's kind of like what he was saying, like what this could be used for. He's like, this would be great if you're a criminal. I'm not really going to say that. But if you need yeah. a place to hide anything, yeah, including hide yourself, you could do it in style. And uh, I've watched the video, obviously. And these generators are like the size of a Prius. Like this is zombie apocalypse stuff here. I love the fact that the realtor's name is Lolly. <laughs> and that's it. That's his last name. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lolly, Lolly said... The calls expressing interest have been nonstop since it was recently featured on Zillow Gone Wild, except for all of the callers have um, private numbers and they're from burner phones. I'm making that part up. Despite limitations, agents say it expects to finally find the right buyer for it. <laughs> I uh, I wrote this one. I have to be honest. I wrote this. Are you okay? Before we went on vacation. Uh, oh. it was done and ready and it was like kind of like a, 
it's like a timeless story. And uh, but one thing that is not timeless are my typos because they transcend time. Ones that are done in the past come to bite me in the ass. It was done and ready. Oh yeah. Really? You forgot the last word. I did. <laughs> so I don't think it was it's, done and ready. It's our first. It's our first show back. Of course, there's going to be a typo in there. I, I think that this is this is why imagination. What happens? Okay. So this is it. Okay. It's the last show of the week before we go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Ryan's got his scotch. He's just finishing up the last ten minutes of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, despite its limitations, he's typing clickety clack, clickety clack. The agents expect to eventually find the right buyer for. Okay, vacation. We're good. Let's go. Honestly, I'm out of scotch. I don't remember, so I'm going to give you a stamp of approval and say you are correct. Oh, man. Oh, okay, uh, we have time for... Which one do we have time for, Ryan? We got two left here. Uh, let's do the... Mm, they're both about the same amount of time. I, let's do the birthday one. The birthday one's a lot of fun. Are you okay? Are you okay with kids' birthday parties? No, I'm I not. a kid... Yeah, I, I, I would never want to be an adult at a kid's birthday party. I, I have so many amazing pictures of like the parties that my parents threw for me or ones I was at, and I had such vivid memories. But I can't really imagine being just the parent standing in the corner having to listen to Sesame Street music and watch kids run around for like three hours. That sucks. Well, I just, I just think it's a gross waste of money. Um, everyone brings tons and tons of presents. They cost, you know, people are spending like $400 on renting blow up things and, mm-hmm. you know, or, or let's take 20 of your friends to the flying squirrel jumpaline park, whatever thing. And, and it spends like $400 and then they, can I get two medium pizzas for $70 or whatever? Right? Like it's absurd what, as opposed to, Hey, it's the backyard, go swing on the thing and we'll sing you happy birthday. And, you know, your uncle's going to get too drunk. Like, th- that's the way the birthday parties are meant to be. Anyway, now I sound old. Get off my lawn. That sounds all right. Birthday parties can be amazing fun for kids. You know, there's uh, the cake, presents. Um, sometimes there's balloons, which are scary for most people and cause nightmares and need for therapy because they pop and that just people carry that with them for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Other people, clearly. Not me. Sometimes there's a guest appearance. Maybe you have a, a clown show up or Spider-Man or a Disney's princess, maybe a magician. But what about a birthday Bigfoot? Mrs. Bigfoot peeked through the windows of an Oklahoma girl celebrating. Mrs. What? Bigfoot. <laughs> what? Okay. That is copied. Oh, my God. girl's birthday party. Oh, okay. my word. <laughs> There is a missing word there. Wow. Okay, Mrs. Wow. Bigfoot peeked through the windows of a sixth birthday party for an Oklahoma girl, and go. she was terrifying. Why was she there? Why did the parents think this is a good idea to have Mrs. Bigfoot show up? Here's more from 2 News, Oklahoma. We just thought, I mean, she came with balloons and a bow in her hair and a tutu on. So I'm like, oh, this will be cute and fun. Well, my kids didn't really have that reaction. Yeah, here's the reaction. Look at the little girl right there. Mrs. Bigfoot was peeking through the windows with balloons and a gift in tow, ready for the six-year birthday party. But uh, the kids, on the other hand, not a big fan of the new guest. (laughs) They all took off running and screaming. There were even some tears being shed right there. 
Bigfoot ended up coming inside the cabin to drop off the birthday gift, and eventually the kids warmed up to her. Brett says the kids are perfectly fine, and after the birthday gifts and the laughs, it was all worth it. I would just recommend it for a good time. Obviously, by the video, my kids thought so, too. They don't want her to come back, though. Oh, for a good time, call Mrs. Bigfoot. Um. Okay, here's the first clue that was not going to work out is that she came with balloons. Let's see back to balloons. earlier in the story where balloons yeah. ruin everything. Yeah. There um okay. Yes, Did I, you really I copy know this? that one. Yeah, Did okay, you copy that one this? that one is a draft error. Let me just read that. There are one. some fantastic photos of the kids giving Bigfoot a big old hug. Okay, can I read how it was written? There yeah. is some fantastic <laughs> photos of the kids I giving Bigfoot good. a big ols hug. Why is there an S there? That's weird. Okay, well, as a That's treat, a I, I wanted to give you, Shane, your favorite thing in the world, which is I cringy news anchor banter. Cringy. And this story at the end had some fantastic cringy news anchor banter. Please enjoy. She does look a little alarming showing That's up at the window like that. Would have scared me, and I'm a little bit older than six, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. We'll be right back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Would have scared me. The balloons, man. The balloons were the tip-off. This is the Shift Podcast. The Olympics started a year late, and there were some protests there was some credit to springy shoes. There was people who said, nope, I'm not going to do this. There was others who crushed it. There was some who just couldn't wait to, get, wait to get late afterwards. Man, the Olympics were filled with all kinds of different people doing all kinds of different things. When the Olympics started, I don't know about you, but I, I was just, I didn't really care. I think I'm sour about the Olympics because... Watching them on TV has been quite dreadful. I've always found that they bounced around from event to event to event to event to event. You couldn't really follow what was going on. One of the cool things they did in the broadcast this year, and I credit the, the other broadcasters for doing it, is they really stuck to some events. You got some of the storytelling in between, right? They were so quick cutting from, in the, in the past, cutting from event to event to event that you didn't really get any of the storyline from behind it. But then now they were telling a little bit of the story, explaining some of the pieces of the puzzle, even on the recaps that different you know athletes had gone through. That was cool. I didn't like, though, the fact that every... Because, I mean, I don't know how many TV channels it was on. It felt like it was on, like, 100 of them. But 99 of them played the same thing. Right? It was just a restream, redelivery of the exact same stuff everywhere. I did not live stream it. Which was curious to me because I have heard from more people that said watching it online allowed you access to all kinds of different things. Colleen, the church lady, sends in a text message saying, Hi, guys. I'm a total Olympics fan. I live stream so much on my phone. I have no data left. I ran out five minutes after the end of the women's gold soccer medal game. Colleen, the church lady. So you got to see the game. That's cool. 877-399-9898. Did you watch it? At first, I was like, Beh, the Olympics. I got sucked in, man. I just turned on the TV. It was on, and there was diving. There was that young 14-year-old uh, Chinese diver who got perfect 10s 
And yep. they, the commentators had said, hey, uh, we did some background on this young lady, but turns out she's never done anything before. So we have nothing we can tell you about her. <laughs> like, yeah. And then she gets all perfect tens on her dive. Honest, so I like amazing. I got it sucked was, in too, though. It was great. Did oh, you? Absolutely. I, I was like, I don't care, whatever. And then I watched one event and I went, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember. It's funny. Yeah. I feel like so many people criticize the Olympics. And then you watch it happen and you went, oh, yeah, right. That's why we cared in the first place. It's this amazing. is a really cool thing that humans do. Yeah. And I'm really happy it happened. I'm excited to hear from Chris Gilbert this week to talk about some of the like immediate aftermath in Tokyo. I think there's going to be mm-hmm. consequences of these games. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It was really awesome to wake up every day and see success from Canada and around the world. I loved all the skateboarding stories. Uh, all the new sports like uh, Japan winning gold in baseball. That's mm-hmm. so awesome and stuff like that. There were really cool stories. And I think it was much like the Foo Fighters drowning out the sound of the Westboro Baptist Church with disco music. A little a little gem I needed right now. Isn't that true? And I think that you have a point about we sort of forget. I think everyone gets caught up in the 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 money and i mean it's expensive and it needs to be done differently i i still stand by the notion that why don't they just pick off three or four places in the world where the olympics happen and if you want to get in on that pool then you build all the events venues and you get in on that pool i think that 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 to me makes more sense i mean this whole rebuilding it every four years is seems absurd but then you look at these events and these 13 year old skateboarders who are doing things that are mind-blowing it's it, you get reminded I'm sitting watching TV never in my life have I ever said canoe kayak is amazing but then it's on TV and I'm like glued to it if you had asked me three weeks ago what is canoe kayak I'd have been probably somebody who's confused and had too much to drink and got in a boat that's probably what I would have said it's amazing so one of the things that we run into here in the shift is we don't own anything from the Olympics in the form of the broadcast um, to, you know, um, this texture that says, and I'll give full credit for CBC for doing it. CBC's on-demand coverage was amazing. You could look it up by sport, women's balance beam, and boom, just watch the final, no commercials, cutting to other sports. Um, you could even fast forward. See, that's cool. <laughs> we have to watch commercials on our own clips before we can review them. Um but you, I mean, that's awesome. That's what it's supposed to be. But here on the shift, we're not allowed. It's, I mean, they buy it. The other broadcasters pay for it, so they get to run it. And we can't. So we wanted to celebrate Canada's biggest achievements at the Olympics. But we don't have a budget, and we can't use the real clips from the Olympics so we just thought that we would give it a go and call this the uh, the shift edition of the low-budget discount Olympics. <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> On this journey of Discount Olympics, we will mark our athletes' amazing achievements using the resources at our disposal, which is sound effects we can get from the Internet. 
yep. That's pretty much it. First up, let's chat about what was defitinally, defitinally. Not only can we not afford proper sound effects, we can also not perform, (laughs) afford, spell check. That's a typo. This is a gold medal for me in typos. This is a gold medal in typos. Let's chat about, it's a world record. Let's chat about what is definitely Canada's biggest victory in Tokyo, gold in women's soccer. Wow. First of all, America looked terrible for bad-mouthing. Not even, not just not acknowledging the fact that Canada won. Should Canada win that game? Probably not. But you know what matters? The outcome. The outcome in the end with the team. I don't know if you know this, but all you got to do is score more goals than the other girl and you win. That's it. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you've ever beat them before. It doesn't matter if you played good enough today. It's the team that scores the most goals wins. So the game was decided, the gold medal game, in penalty kicks after two periods of extra time with the game tied 1-1. Julia Grasso scored the game winner for Canada. The two teams traded points back and forth, and then the shootout went into sudden death. In the shootout, Canadian goalkeeper uh, Stephanie Labby, who was unbelievable. And let's just, soccer goalies, first of all, I mean, you kind of ask yourself many times, what's the point? It's like it's 50-50, right? The ball's going to go either this way or this way. The goalie dives one way, and they hope they get it right. Turns out that opinion is very wrong. Stephanie Labby proved me very wrong, in my opinion, of (laughs) soccer goalies. Because they traded shots, came up tied, five kicks each, so it went to sudden death. Labby made a big save, leaving Grosso the chance to win it for Team Canada. And the captain's been there forever. Dropped the ball in front of uh, Grasso and knocked it home. The Canadian women have never made it to an Olympic soccer final before. They won bronze in Rio and in London. They've made it their mission to change the color of their medal at this Olympics. They defeated the U.S. by having more goals, so it counts, <laughs> than the U.S. in the semifinals to make it to the gold medal match. And frankly, they got quite outplayed through the entire match of the finals, too. But again... It doesn't matter. It comes down to who scores the most goals, and they did it. Christine Sinclair, probably the best women's soccer player, so so sir player. Wow, world world record, Olympic record now. Uh, soccer player in the history of our country finally got her gold medal. And if you look at her at list of achievements, it's everything in football. So this is what that amazing moment sounded like uh, with our discount, low budget. Olympic coverage here on the shift. <laughs> Goal! Oh. <laughs> there it is. Gold medal. <laughs> uh, so that's our interpretation because we can't broadcast in the Olympics. Um, so we, we actually uh, pulled our budget, show budget, and took back our empties. And that's what we were able to buy. Okay. Um, number two, decathlon. Damian Werner. Can we just talk about Damian Werner? I don't know how you put your body through what is essentially like the SATs of Olympic sports, (laughs) right? Like, it's just, all right, we're going to test you on everything at once. You got a couple days to do it. Have fun. It's it's an incredible event. 
there's a photo of of after where everybody else is exhausted, and, on the ground. and he's just standing there looking like Superman. He's the only one standing. All of them are just collapsed, and he's just walking like a titan. It's amazing. Yeah. And all the other Olympians, by the way, say that he is an absolute gentleman and amazing colleague as well. So, boy, oh, boy, if we are ever to, if I was ever to meet anybody from all this, it might be Damian Warner. So uh, he got Olympic gold in decathlon, polished off the competition, set records in several events along the way. He won an Olympic record setting 9,018 points. Decathlon, of course, with all 10 of the, you know, the events that they have to go through. Um, scores points based on, and they get all added up. Over two days of competition, they do 100-meter sprint, long jump, shot put, high jump, 400-meter sprint, 110-meter hurdles, discus throw, pole vault, javelin throw, and a 1,500-meter run. That is absolutely remarkable to think of um, all of those sports and how not only do you have to be good at one of them, like, Andre de Grasse is amazing, right? Yeah, but he does, like, the 4 by 100 relay, the 200-meter sprint, and the 100-meter sprint. That's, you know, that's that seems like plenty. You know what I'm saying? This guy does basically all of that and more. Here on the low-budget broadcast, um, this, is what, uh, this is what we think that kind of might sound like. Win this one for the Krusty Krab! Gold medal, yay! <laughs> Mostly because we can get that free on the internet. <laughs> uh, Ryan, would you mind reading this next little segment for me um, and just tell the rest of the story here? Yeah, for sure. So Warner was leading after the first day of the competition. Crazy performances in that 100 meter. Tied his own record and killed it in the long jump. So he's 31, 31 years old, and he did all this. Uh, he j- soared... 8.24 meters, which is the longest in Olympic decathlon history, and a distance that would have earned him a bronze medal in the open men's long jump earlier that week. That's how good he was. In a separate event, he would have won bronze. Uh, he set another record in the 110-meter hurdle, uh, running it in 13.46 seconds, 100th of a second faster than the previous record. Also tied his personal best in pole vault, wow. jumping uh, 4.90 meters. It's amazing. Um, in fact, with decathlon being so many different events, it makes me think of um, this is kind of how the broadcast sounds. If you take those two days and you put it together, this is kind of how I think it would all sound. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I missed it. It's low budget. We get, we had to get a deal to get all twelve. Hey, you're welcome. By the way, this song will be in your head for days. Ten. You, huh? Watch that Street when you're a kid. By the way. No. No. I think it goes one more time here before we're done. I hope so. I was waiting for nothing. 
Again, low budget. There we go. Let's be quick on the end button there. We, we, we got a discount. We got the counting up to 12 because that's how the song goes. But this is about decathlon. Okay, uh, number three of the biggest, that we think anyway here on The Shift, events that happened uh, at the Olympics with our low-budget uh, broadcast coverage because we're not allowed to play any of the clips. So we're, we're um, trying to create this environment, this like authentic, real environment of the Olympics. Oh. Uh, Canada also made huge waves in the world of water sports. Well done. Thank you. Penny Alexiak became Canada's first decorated Olympian ever, winning her most decorated Olympic ever, uh, winning her seventh medal. She's 21, picked up silver and bronze in the 4 by 100 meter free relay and women's 200 meter freestyle, respectively, adding to the four medals she had snagged in Rio as a teen in her Olympics debut five years ago. Canada's Kylie Mass won a silver medal in the women's 100 meter backstroke. Uh, she's from LaSalle. It posted a time of 57.72 seconds on the event final on Tuesday, just a fraction of the second behind Australian Kaylee McEwen, who took the gold medal too. And believe us when we say the Olympic swimming, like we just really wanted to create this sort of like radio environment of what Olympic swimming sounds like with our discount budget Olympic coverage here on the shift. Sounds like this. The diving was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be here all Tiny week. water drop. Tiny water drop. Uh, and there it is, my friends. It's the Shift Podcast. So let's get started with In Case You Missed It and Ryan O'Dell. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan O'Donnell. So I'm not sure what I got um, what I got roped into here or what the influence is, but apparently I am all in now on the sneakers. And thank you for uh, the influence and for spending my money, basically, Ryan. You're welcome. You're, I, I, hey, I'm happy to convert anyone to the dark side. It, yeah. Laura is is you know it's funny in Vancouver. I was so excited. New Balance has a physical store there. New Balance shoes. I, I love Nike, but New Balance makes the best shoes on the planet in terms of comfort, really? support, running. New New Balance are wow. the best, and I Apparently. wanted to go in and get a fresh pair. And I didn't; they didn't have anything in my size. Laura bought a pair of shoes there, and I was jealous. So, you are yeah. um, very quickly becoming uh, get you some cargo shorts. Uh, dad, oh material. yeah, I'm already well there. Done. I have cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I love the vibe. I wore socks and sandals to Capilano. I loved it. It was so comfortable. Perfect. Like, I get it, right? It's perfect. Oh, you make me proud. Uh, make me speaking proud. of perfect. Oh, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. But uh, speaking of perfect, it's my first in case you missed it story of the week. It's my first one since uh, my little trip. So why don't we take a trip to our favorite place in the world, Ooh. Florida. Let's bust out. The Florida song. Imagine yourself in this scenario. Number one, someone takes a poop on your driveway. Number two, you have to clean it up yourself. Florida. 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 
That is a real thing that happened in Florida. Now, actually, surprisingly, incredibly, I have a cool story from Florida that does not involve alligators, naked people, machetes, or who knows, right? I got dark. Uh, but exactly, yeah. But let's set the scene, okay? So the beaches in Florida are a little gross at the moment, and it's not because of discarded garbage. I mean, that's part of it, but there's lots of other gross things happening. Massive amounts of dead fish are washing ashore all across Tampa Bay. Beaches are closed. Crews are racing to clean up the smelly, decaying bodies or fish. Local experts say it's early in the season to see concentrations of red tide this high. It's like really bad. It's really gross. So you've got that plus crushed cans, I imagine, of, you know, neutrals and uh, white claws, white claw, <laughs> plastic. You've got you know probably torn up sunglasses. Who knows what else you're going to find on a Florida beach? Well, the Florida is it Floridian Floridians? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which one? Floridian. Floridians. Flor- Floridian sounds cooler. That sounds like sounds like someone from Star Wars. Uh, they they actually did something really smart. They actually did something really cool. Uh, this is something that I can imagine seeing on any beach in the world. Uh, it can be a lot of work to clean up those beaches because you it's not you, you can't mop sand, right? You it's hard to comb it. It's hard to clean up. You could try. So it, yeah, they they got a robot to do it. Uh, this fully electric robot is developed by marine fa- manufacturer Polaru Marine. It's the first one to be deployed on American beaches. It's in Florida, and uh, it's pretty neat. Here's a little summary of how this thingamajig works. It operates off of two 12-volt batteries assisted by a solar panel that help keep the batteries charged as well as power accessories. Now, it utilizes a sand-sifting mechanism that plows through the sand. It puts sand onto the mesh screen that vibrates back and forth, which allows the sand to fall through and plastic and debris to be loaded into the hopper. Once the hopper's full, you can drive this machine over to the designated dump area where you can offload the material and continue cleaning. This thing can carry quite an absurd amount of like plastics and small pieces of garbage, which is the most common thing you're going to find garbage-wise. And obviously, this this is a big problem. We've talked about it many times on the show about how bad plastic in the water and the beaches is. So... This is neat that this thing basically has a mesh that won't really disturb or wreck the beach. It'll just pick up the plastic, put it on its back, and, you know, drive it to a dump site where you can get rid of it. Now, smart here. You can probably think, you know, an autonomous robot in Florida in general, danger. On a beach, Miami, that's not going to end well. Well... This is not <laughs> autonomous. This is not this is not some, you know, Elon Musk project. This thing is remote controlled, which is good. Somebody has to be driving this thing due to safety concerns regarding beach going families, both human and sea turtle, apparently, which is a great point. Uh, the uh, it's called. Yeah, it, the robot's name is the bee, the bee bot, which is cute. Uh, and it's got a stop button emergencies. So there's about 30 of these things in the world and they're uh, putting them, you know, hotels, resorts, that kind of thing. 
this company though they've got a couple of other uh like cleaners for the beaches uh the floating pixie drone which gathers solid and liquid waste like like flying a drone and picking up on the water and the invisibubble which sounds like a infomercial product from like a 1950s commercial uh Mm -hmm. which is hoses that use a steady stream of bubbles to guide floating trash into collection points isn't that neat how do that's neat how do they blow the bubbles yeah you just Akima, what do you do for a living? Oh, I blow bubbles at garbage. <laughs> I think this is one of the cool things. If any industry in in the world right now is going to become cool to work in, it's sanitation because humans are sick and tired of having to touch our own trash. This has sure. always been a problem. So we're going to find new cool robots and stuff to use to get rid of it, and I'm excited to see what they come up with. And incredibly, the Floridians are at the forefront. There you go. But I will say, I'm going to give it a month before one of them is like spray painted and has like is destroyed because some guy <laughs> took a poop on it or something. Like I guarantee it. Yeah, Never change sure. Florida. That'll be an are you okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, hear ye, hear ye. Yes, oh. I got a story to tell ye. Um, a Vancouver Island city is putting out a call for a new kind of ambassador after deciding it will no longer be using a town crier to greet visitors or represent the community at events. Yes, there was a town in Canada that still had a town crier. Wow. That was not just used at birthday parties. It was used for official events. Duncan on Vancouver Island has had a town crier since 1995, but the tradition of an official community messenger, you know, that's that's ancient. That's been around for, I mean, like movies, England. It's, yeah, it's how people communicated, you know, big news back then. In centuries past in England, an elaborately dressed crier carried the handbell, you know, the ding, ding, shouting, hear ye, hear ye, attracting attention before calling out the proclamation. Um, you know, also a symbol of the arrival of European settlers in North America, definitely. So Duncan's newly unemployed town crier, though, asked, hey, can I keep my job? And they said no. Now, this guy's name is Ben Buss, and we've actually highlighted him on the show before in Are You Okay? Is that the same guy? It is the same guy. He still does it. He's 78 years old. Uh... He said, quote, I didn't want it to be made redundant. It's rather sad we have to throw it out completely. He said he considers town criers a part of an honorable tradition that gives communities a sense of place in history. Here's a... uh, Now, I understand why they want to move... The town wants to move away from this. There's obviously the colonial image of this. um, And maybe for some people, seeing a guy dressed up in a literal red coat, you know isn't really what they want to see when they are opening a new thing in their town. But to get rid of this guy altogether, I don't see the, the, the problem with still having a town crier for fun things. Like this is a clip of him announcing that this lady is inviting their friends over for lunch. And I think it's, it's fantastic. Hear this. 
present and within hail of my voice that her ladyship, Lord Williams of Trilliums, <laughs> commands you to break your fast and join her in lunch. <coughs> Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow ye diet. <laughs> God save my queen. Yay! God bless Canada. Like, how fun is that, though, really? Like, it's really I get fun. A salary and stuff. I mean, you, in today's world of social media marketing, if a town was to use a crier like that and make it fun, what a great way to get message out yeah. to the, the people in the municipality because people aren't paying attention the same way. I think that's a exactly. great idea. And I think the other thing, too, is if you kept this as a non-serious role, that's not really going to bother anybody. We... I don't really think we're going to take a town crier seriously. If some guy ran up on my street and started ringing a bell saying, the queen has declared the world is at war, I would not believe him. I would check the <laughs> news, right? So having it, at, imagine like even an event like the Calgary Stampede. Like Calgary had a town crier that like welcomed or, you know, did like a funny joke to open the stampede and then have officials actually do it. That's That's where I see the benefit of having this. Um, now this guy's been around. He represented at the International Town Crier competition, which was what we talked about in REOK, which he won. Uh, he's been in the United States. Uh, he's performed at ceremonies all over. Uh, the town of Duncan is looking into the indigenous community surrounding them to bring in voices there, which I think is cool. I just this guy loves what he does, and I think to be forced into retirement without the city going, hey, let's you know we we don't want you to do this officially but we would love it if you could still be a part of the community and still do what you do for us for some fun you know summer spring festivals or something like that you yeah, know it'd be great christmas yeah. stuff think of all the christmas stuff yeah exactly so there you go um do i have time for a really quick one yeah okay let's uh let's let's do it i'm back in case you missed it's back so it's time to talk about lego oh boy <laughs> My Lego! <laughs> All right. So you oh, know I was going to get up nerdy in here. Uh, on the first day of my vacation, August 1st, a certain Lego set was released, and it is pretty big. You, too, can now own a massive Lego Ultimate Collector Series version of the iconic Republic gunship from Star Wars. Uh even if you have no idea what that is, this set is enormous. It's 13 inches wide, 29 inches long, and 27 inches tall. It's almost 3,300 pieces. It's enormous. It is absolutely, it's like kind of bizarre to see how big it is in, in person. It, um, there are some crazy neat little things into how it's built and it's designed so that you can still swoosh it around, which is my favorite thing to do with the big Lego set. And this, this ship in star Wars has the coolest sound ever. So imagine, you know, you're my age, you're 24. You just finished building a $500 Lego set. It's $479 by the way. Uh, and then you can run around your tiny apartment making this sound.
think it's how exactly do you just run around your apartment making that sound by the way oh i can make that sound okay i can make that sound do you want me to do it on the radio right now that's why yeah that's it okay you said it okay so that one you hear like the ruffling so it's like Mm -hmm. a right kind of like that oh yeah see so now imagine you're doing that but all around your apartment (laughs) i think it's worth it 470 dollars it's a cool set. For wow. that much, it should come with a sound effects machine, I would say. Although yeah, yours right? is pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.